Hey everyone, welcome to the Orton Gillingham podcast. Today we're talking to Alana, Jacob, Julia, and Ruben, the co-founders of Kids Read to Kids, a nonprofit organization that provides literacy support. Currently, Alana is a creative writing major with a concentration in education studies. Jacob is the founding president of the International Dyslexia Association's Youth Advocate Program and freshman at the Ross School of Business with a minor in computer science. Julia is passionate about playing music, ballroom dancing, and is also one of the photographers for Kids Read to Kids. Ruben designs all of the art on the Kids Read to Kids website, as well as the activities in the Kids Read to Kids book club. Welcome, guys. Hi, thanks so much for having us. Yes, thank you for joining us. Great to see you guys. You're all here except for one older brother, Benjamin, and you guys are a team. Everybody just pitches in and does all of their roles, but sometimes it's not always clear who does what, because when you work as a team, you just do what needs to be done, right? So I'm just curious what your role is and what kinds of things you do for your organization. So just for our listeners, if you could say your name and then tell us what your part is and what you do, I'd be interested to hear it. Yeah, um, I'm Alana. <laughs> um, I, in addition to being obviously one of the co-founder of Kids Read to Kids, I'm kind of the Kids Read to Kids writer. <laughs> I write anything that we need is typically written by me. I write everything for our digital Kids Read to Kids magazine and edit. And I don't know, I just, I help out on whatever is needed on the site. Yeah, my name is Jacob. I am really into kind of uh, making videos and and songs. Um, And so uh, I do a lot of like the filmmaking for Kids Read to Kids and promotional videos. I also love talking about kind of big big picture business decisions and just kind of where we want to go and also just whatever is needed. I mean, whenever we're work, we're, we always work on so many different projects, whether it's like a lesson plan or something, I'm always uh, eager to help. Cool. I'm Julia and I'm a co-founder of the Kids Read the Kids book club and I'm one of the Kids Read the Kids photographers. All right. I'm Ruben. I'm a co-founder of Kids Read the Kids and I'm the Kids Read the Kids resident artist. I do like all the art that's on the website or on the lesson plans or stuff like that, you know? Very cool. You're also creative and talented. I know. What a creative family. (laughs) Again, thanks so much. We're we're so happy to be interviewing and talking with you. We know back back a while ago, you tutored um, at Brainspring. I know back then it was called ARLAC, right? The Reading and Language Arts Centers. When you were tutoring, when did you kind of start noticing or what was your first aha moment where things were really starting to click and things were really starting to change for you? For me, I was homeschooled in the gap year between third and fourth grade. Mm -hmm. And for a while, I didn't really understand what I was doing. But having someone there who was only answering to me and asking me questions really helped me understand certain questions that I was going to be asked in the future. She really helped me with certain, like we use puzzles and games. There was this one time she asked me to explain how to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich to someone who didn't know how to. And learning how to do that along with all the other things that she helped with our experiments and everything really helped me when I went to country day because otherwise I wouldn't have been able to get in. Being at Arlac, it's expanded how I was able to learn 
because they didn't really teach us at our old school. And so that was a great step to where I was going. Like and was, maybe, do you yeah. think it was maybe not teaching you that in your old school, but they maybe didn't understand the way that you needed to learn? Maybe you yeah. needed to learn in a certain way? Yeah, I learned differently than a lot of other people. They had these places that we would go. I They had like their tutoring, but it wasn't really working for me. So that kind of made me feel like I had self-esteem problems because I couldn't learn in the places where I wasn't even in the classroom and they were supposed to be helping me and I still couldn't get it. Mm-hmm. So do you remember being taught and sitting and reading or learning or sitting with a tutor or, or whatever, and all of a sudden you went, oh, I finally get it. I mean, do you remember the actual moment when maybe the first time you were able to read a word by yourself or understand something more clearly? Like it was, it a, sometimes that, that's what's called an aha moment. Like all of a sudden it just goes, oh. Yeah, now I get it. Do, do you do any of you remember having an experience like that? By the time I was at Arlac, I mean, I was pretty comfortable reading. The problem was actually understanding what I was reading. Mm-hmm. But like my tutor taught me how to actually spell words that didn't spell how they were sounding. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of opened a whole avenue into actually teaching me how to spell. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that was something I'm trying to remember certain moments, but it was a very long time ago. Yeah. I also did this experiment where I was thinking about how just because something was bigger doesn't mean that it was heavier. We had a balloon tied to a quarter. Mm-hmm. And um, there's only certain memories that I can remember, but the spelling really helped out. She called them red words and we had them yeah. on the, uh, with the red mm-hmm. crayon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, <laughs> The red crayon. Um, <laughs> I think the funny thing about kind of learning and, and getting tutored at Arlac, especially for reading um, and like my English subjects, was that at least for me, it was less, it was almost like less like aha and more like of a gradual learning process. Mm-hmm. Okay. I remember when I was diagnosed with dyslexia, Dr. McCaskill, who diagnosed me, he kind of explained to me why, why I read the word Austria and Australia as the same word that kind of like the decoding of it and the spelling of it it just didn't connect and i had a really big problem with it some of those activities like like drawing with the crayon or tracing in like the the sand sand. yeah (laughs) that really helped bring some of those connections slowly together of like distinguishing like making those like distinctions Mm -hmm. Um, and then we also had kind of uh like like a reading approach i remember it was like a big book of cliffhangers Yeah. yeah and it was just like we would just read these stories that like there were like, there's always like a cliffhanger at the end or something. <laughs> so it really encouraged you to like want to read more. Um, and I think it was just like one of those moments of like, hey, like I'm at, like, I wasn't perfect, but I was a lot better than when I started. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? I mean, that's kind of like the little aha moment. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm all of a sudden I'm kind of getting better at this. Yeah. You know? yeah. The, yeah. The, and sometimes the they don't have to. Oh. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, like, when when our, like, ha- helped me in certain math subjects, like, those were, like, immediate aha moments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was going to say, sometimes aha moments only happen in hindsight, <laughs> you know? So you look back and you go, oh, that was an aha moment. <laughs> but in the moment, mm-hmm. you don't realize it's happening. Yeah. And then did you ever experience, just out of curiosity, you were saying you would do all of these exercises and 
I remember when I would do some lessons or exercises with students, I remember some of them, especially my older students would look at me and go, why are we doing this? <laughs> and, and some of them seemed so out there to them and just like, how is this connected to what I need to know? But then it all came to fruition and it all made sense, you know, later on. But in the moment, they kind of looked like, looked at me like I was crazy. And that's not a new thing. So I, I was <laughs> like, well, but did you ever look at some of the things that you were doing and wonder, how is this going to help? <laughs> and was this uh, kind of weird? <laughs> I, I think that um, definitely there were a lot of, there were kind of some weird exercises, but at the moment, I, I think like I, I enjoyed like drawing with crayons or like playing in like with the sand and stuff like that. So I think I was more interested in just kind of like doing it in, in a fun way rather than like really questioning yeah. it. Yeah. And I just wonder too, because sometimes it's hard if you don't like doing that kind of stuff, let's say explaining it to kids and saying, you know, we're doing this for a reason. And I wondered if any of you ran into that where you're like, this isn't really fun. So how, why is this connected and explaining it to you in a way that made you want to do it? I had something like that. We did word problems in this giant book and it was, it was those multiple choice trying to connect with what it was saying to me. Mm-hmm. And I always hated those because I never really understood what it was trying to tell me. Reading word problems and math word problems. And I always um, told her I never understood why we needed them. But eventually I kind of knew that that was something I was going to be having to do for a long time. And learning how to do it then really paid off. Mm-hmm. So even though I hated it, I knew I needed to know how to do it. Yeah, very cool. Good answers, guys. Yeah. So how did you guys start Kids Read to Kids? How did it get started? Um, Well, Jacob and I (laughs) were in high school when we came up with the idea to give back to the learning disability community. Uh, It kind of, it did kind of stem from like certain experiences that Mm -hmm. like, that led me to Arlac in the first place. As Julie kind of said before, when we're growing up, some of us were put into like those types of like specialized or or, or tutoring um, areas, but it didn't really help. At least uh, coming from my personal experience, I I never really felt like my dyslexia really made sense. I didn't even know what dyslexia was at the time. I just thought I was stupid um, because I couldn't read and I couldn't figure out why. And the teachers didn't really get it either. And then when I was in fifth grade, I was fully diagnosed with uh, dyslexia. Mm -hmm. And so my mom kind of took that as let's do everything that we possibly can. So I transitioned to a new school in sixth grade. I was uh, able to go to RLAC tutoring to catch up for a lot of the things that I, I didn't know before. I was just given so much support, both from my parents, my family, RLAC, my new school. And it got to a point where by the time of high school, there are a lot of things that I was now capable of doing. And I realized that I was so unbelievably lucky to be in that position because there are so many people that don't have that support or don't have the resources available to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we kind of just talked and we tried to figure out a way that we could help. Yeah, and we looked back on what had made our life and our childhood and our learning processes so special. And one of those things was that our parents would read us stories at night. Mm 
<laughs> and one of our all-time favorite stories was the classic novel oh, Anne of Green Gables, <laughs> which my dad read us like almost every book in <laughs> yeah. the series. And there are like I don't know six or seven <laughs> or eight books. <laughs> are those his favorite Nine. books? I've read them all. <laughs> and it must be one of his favorites. He secretly was reading them because he wanted to read them. Actually, <laughs> I uh, would not be surprised. <laughs> They were our favorites after that. They're still my favorite book of all time. That's cool. (laughs) Awesome. And so from there, we decided to choose abridged classic novels. And we started filming chapter by chapter. We would ask high school volunteers to read. And we had this whole collection all of a sudden. And we named our nonprofit Kids Read to Kids. And it's been here ever since. That's great. That's great. So in the beginning, did you contact like elementary schools or see if you could go read to kids in school settings or how did, how would, how did it start in the beginning? How did you get it going? We thought about how we could make the biggest impact like right away. And we figured that when we film the books and put them online chapter by chapter, they're online 24 seven, totally for free. Anyone in any place all over the world can access them. Mm -hmm. And they're available for anyone who needs support for learning. So that was what we wanted to do to take our first step. And to build the website and get everything started, when I was in high school, I was doing this women's entrepreneurship program. And at the end of the year, we had a Shark Tank competition. And we had been (laughs) developing our project um, during that time. And I was like, okay, I think I'm ready for my presentation. (laughs) I think I'm ready for this. And (laughs) I competed and I won. And I won $250 in seed money, which wasn't a lot, but it was enough for us to build our website and for us to get started and from there, we we contacted friends that we knew who were good at theater and good at expressing themselves because kids who are struggling to read need expressive readers who can enunciate clearly. Yeah. And we were so lucky to find this amazing group of volunteers who created this amazing collection of books that we now have on our site. We're also lucky. We're really lucky to be able to go to a a very diverse uh, school. And so we tried to expand our readers to as many people as we could get who are passionate about, you know, sharing that love of Mm -hmm. reading. And so um, now on our website, as we said before, that we really wanted to expand our audience to whoever wanted to learn and whoever wanted to listen. Mm -hmm. Um, And so with uh, the amount of readers we have, now anyone can go on our website and kind of see themselves in our readers. In addition to our read-alouds of abridged classic novels, we also have interactive read-alouds for kids who are a little bit younger, maybe, I don't know, three, five, kindergarten. <laughs> that was a big jump of ages, but and we have our lesson plans, yes. um, which we worked very hard on um, for Peter Pan and, um, and Anne, of Green, Anne of Green Gables. We have two lesson plans offered right now, and each one has listening comprehension questions, creative writing prompts, a vocabulary builders, and fun games for each chapter. So there are two out right now. Are the lesson plans designed for a teacher to use in her hers or his classroom? 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyone um, could use our lesson plans, um, yeah, whether it, in school or learning from home. Yeah. You could be a teacher or a parent or even just a student. We highly encourage independent learning. Really, we just try and make it, you know, fun, interactive, welcoming. And so it's open to literally everyone. And as we said, everything on our website is free. So you can just go on the website and click download and then start reading. Mm-hmm. The great thing about using them in schools, and we have seen them used already, which is always exciting. Um, the great thing is that in addition to the lesson plans, our read-alouds are available for each of the chapters. So they correspond with those read-alouds. So it's very learning disability friendly. Yes, nice. Very, very, very good. How come you guys are so smart? <laughs> I, I mean, honestly, I'm, I'm sitting here in awe yeah. of you. You're just so articulate and so thoughtful and wow I'm really proud of you guys I mean that's you've done an amazing thing when I'm thinking about your age and what you were thinking about when you wanted to start this and why you started that at that age to have that kind of foresight and that kind of reflective personality to look back and say look at all this support I got that's amazing that is just I'm like do you want to work with my kids? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, you guys are really, truly an inspiration. I hope you know that. And I know, I'm sure you get this all the time, but all of you, as you're speaking, you're just so conscious of your journey and how not all kids, you know, learn the same. You know how you learn and you not only know how you learn, but you want to give it to others. I just want to hug each and every one of you. Thank, <laughs> you. Thank, you. Thank you. We have our oh moms to for that. Because anytime we were struggling, and we've all struggled in school, in high school, when I actually went to Arlac, I was like, I was not doing so well. (laughs) Um, But my mom always believed in us. And she always said that how we were performing in a certain class at the moment didn't define our strengths, and it didn't define who we were. Mm -hmm. And that if we learn differently, that was okay. And she always found the resources that we needed so that we could succeed. And it's really because of her that we are the way we are and that we even thought to give back to this amazing community and that we even knew how to give back to them because we had already received all the support that we could have ever gotten. And so we knew exactly what people would want and what people would need. Right. I mean, we've seen, I, I, I think we've seen some like, we've seen the worst in terms of the classroom, um, uh, how, how we feel in the classroom. And we've also seen some of the best. Yeah. Um, and so we kind of have that perspective um, and that allows us to kind of try and speak up for, for the people out there who we don't really have the voice. Well, you know, you guys, you know what that's called is empathy. And so having that empathy and having that ability to kind of put yourself in the place of others and go mama, thank you mom and dad for for reading to you and for just making you such good people. I'm really, really, really um, impressed with you as well, really. Do each of you have that tattoo that says mom in a heart? <laughs> <on your shoulder? laughs> you should. No, don't. Don't tell yeah, because if, <laughs> if not, that should be your next steps for oh, sure. <laughs> and your mom, she deserves, I mean, a ton of credit, but you know, there's only, there's only so much you can force your kids to do. 
I know this for a fact. <laughs> um, and the way that you're so passionate about yourselves and have just taken taken it and run with it, it speaks volumes to who you are too. I mean, your mom is definitely um, the leader of the pack. I can tell, mm-hmm. and she but and she has made this possible for you. But it also has to come from personal motivation. So that's a lot on you guys too. Well, that kind of leads into my next thought of next steps. Like, what do you guys have planned? What are you thinking? Yes, we recently started a digital Kids Read to Kids magazine. Um, We wanted to take our mission one step further and show kids real people who maybe have felt different in the past that are doing amazing things in the world. And our first issue actually just came out in October. Um, We do issues in the fall, winter, seasonal issues. And we have some pretty exciting guests. In our next issue, we're going to have some pretty cool people, including the executive producer of the James Corden show, um, who's an amazing person. And we have the editor-in-chief of CNET. So we have a lot of people in a bunch of different areas, and we wanted to provide good role models for kids with learning disabilities. So this this is a digital magazine? Yes. Is it a subscription? No, it's totally free. Everything on our website is completely free. Um, And it's just on our site. It's kidsreading.com slash magazine. So just by going to our website, they'll find it. All right. Excellent. Good. Oh, James Corden, wouldn't that be, I mean, I know it's the um, his executive producer, you said, but wouldn't that be cool if it led back to James Corden and we could meet him? (laughs) <laughs> i know i'm like wait a second i'm still stuck on this james corden thing <laughs> does it have a certain title to it or is it just like is it like kids read a kids quarterly because you said there's a four year is that what you said we're doing seasonal issues at least for now so okay. like fall winter spring summer okay. yeah it's our it's just kids read a kids magazine okay cool very, very cool so for the book club, this is kind of like our first time doing this, like actually like doing it. So everything we're doing, we're doing it like as we're, I don't want to say doing it, but that's all I can think of. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. So like, it's really cool. Like we will like read books to these little kids with high schoolers, high schoolers will be reading to the kids and we'll also come up with fun activities for the book. Like. For the worry bear book we came up with this worry monster character and like this worry box and for the bear hunt book we're doing this whole bear hunt it's like around i think the township Mm -hmm. so our new kids read to kids book club again just like our magazine we wanted to take our mission one step further and um in addition to having videos online we wanted to give kids real in-person mentors and readings yeah and so we're developing this program our pilot program did you say is at bloomfield hills high school currently and reuben and julia are the founding presidents of the club it's very exciting <laughs> um and every high schooler is paired with an elementary school kid and they get to read stories and like reuben said do original kids read to kids crafts mm-hmm. it's been really fun well it is growing so it might be it's great with the high schooler yeah oh yeah yeah. but so that's exciting Mm -hmm. yeah so how do the how did the students in the high school how do they sign up for it and then you said you were looking for people like outside of high school too like if somebody wanted to be a volunteer or help out somehow how would they be able to um, do that or contact you guys 
Um, so the program, um, all a kid in a high school needs for the program to be at their school is a teacher to sponsor the club. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so the program will be available with school funding. It's like any other high school club. They just need a school, an elementary school to pair with. And once their school has access to the book club materials, we have, we develop everything that the school will need to um, teach the mentors how to read to young kids. And we create videos every step of the way. So for every craft, everyone will have instructional materials to learn not only how to do it themselves, but for high schoolers to be able to teach it to young children. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's nice. That's really nice because, you know, that could be a hesitation if you didn't want to be a you wanted to do it, but you were like, oh, I don't have the ideas to have to come up with. And so you give it all to them, which is probably, is it pretty easy to find volunteers to help out? Um, well, it really depends on the school in Bloomfield Hills. Ruben and Julia go there. So mm. they started the club at that school and we got a teacher to sponsor, an amazing teacher, Carolyn Fines. Mm-hmm. And um, it really wasn't that hard to find high schoolers that were interested in joining Amazingly, there were so many people that were actually really excited about it. Yeah. Yeah. Ruben and I, we presented the idea of the club at, what was it? The club fair? Yeah, it was the club fair. Yeah. And it was like 15 minute presentations, three times after school. And that's how people kind of saw what we were going to do. And then they contacted either, was it us or Fines? Fines. They contacted Fines and then she created a list of the members of the club. Mm-hmm. And, and we, yeah. again, create all the materials. So that's just a typical example of how it would develop at a high school. And that can happen at any high school anywhere in the country. There are already more schools that want it. So we're trying to wrap up the program so that every single material is written down. We have all the instructions printed out, all of the videos uploaded and done so that like it's available for any school, any library, any organization to be able to use it. We're developing a program that's actually going to be at an organization in January. That is one of our number one things. For the book club, we also have a really exciting event coming up in downtown Birmingham. Do you wanna talk about that, Ruth? Oh yeah, that is our bear hunt. So essentially, we talked to a bunch of local businesses. I think we got Beyond Juice. We got this toy store. We, got we have a lot of kid-friendly yeah, stores that are being a part of this community-wide event. Mm-hmm. And so I designed this poster, and we're going to put... Essentially, we've come up with, like, these five clues, and each clue is, I think, on the poster, right? It's like, it's a scavenger hunt for families to do together. Um, there will be posters there. Ruben and Julie designed a really cool template of a poster that are, is going to be put in the window of local businesses throughout downtown Birmingham. And we're gathering people throughout the community, whether they're in our book club or not, to be a part of this kind of bear hunt. It'll be like a scavenger hunt. They'll come across all of the clues. And then if they finish, they will get coupons from all of the stores that were involved, as well as a Kids Read the Kids prize. It's going to be really fun. Oh, that's so fun. They're like marketing geniuses. I know. I was going to say, where do you guys get your ideas? There's so many great ideas. Do you brainstorm often? I mean, how do you get these ideas? Kids Read the Kids, I think we're just always brainstorming. Yeah. Every single day we're talking about what we can do next. Our mom, we're always brainstorming with our mom. Everything that we do 
especially the things that we've done recently, we do all together. The whole family is in trying to think of ways to plan the next thing. Some of us go on walks every day. So that's a pretty good brainstorming opportunity as well. Your brains are all wired to be creative. (laughs) I'm wondering what you see beyond Kids Read to Kids. Are there careers that you're interested in in exploring beyond this adventure? I've always wanted to get a, to um, major, right? Oh my God. I forgot the word. (laughs) Major in psychology when I go to college. So I really want to have a career focused on that. For a while, I wanted to open a education center, Uh but uh, now that I'm growing up, I'm not really sure what I want to do. Yeah, yeah, you've got time. That's all right. You've got, you've got lots of time, girl. Mm-hmm. Take your time. And maybe I missed this at the beginning because I was preoccupied with my mic, but are some of you in college now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And so what are you studying in college now? I'm studying creative writing with a concentration in education. Uh, and I'm studying, uh, I'm majoring in business uh, and I'm minoring in uh, computer science. All right. That's why you like all that business piece of your organization. That's good yeah. practice. So my question is, what's going to happen when you all graduate from college? Are you going to pass the torch onto somebody else to continue Kids Read to Kids? Or is it going to end with you guys? I think the cool thing is as we grow... Kids Read to Kids keeps growing. And so we're finding all of these new pieces as we're getting older that we didn't have before. Even with the book club, we're not in high school, but Ruben and Julia are, and they're running the club at school. So it's really fun. And that's a totally new part of it. And with the magazine, there's so many new opportunities to um, develop in. And we're really spreading our message even further than we ever imagined. And as also as we're growing older, we're developing more skills. So it's easier for us to like, let's say, market a community-wide bear hunt. But when we were in high school, I don't know if we would have known how to do that. Right, right. I mean, Alana is majoring now in like in creative writing and and has like learned so much and, you know, has become so like talented and all this kind of stuff. Um, And I'm lucky to be, learning more about business. Um, and I, I, I do agree, the more that we learn, especially from real world experience and also in school experience, we get to bring back to Kids Read to Kids. And it allows us mm-hmm. to have so many more opportunities and go in so many different directions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's so well said. As you guys grow, so does Kids Read to Kids. What a good story. What a good inspiration. I mean, we all struggle in something, right? And look at it. You're taking your struggle and building and growing this beautiful thing that can help other people also while learning and, you know, like knowing how to run a business, market, artsy stuff. I heard, think I heard someone say they make music. Yeah, it's called All I Know. Um, and I kind of took my experiences with like some of the frustrations or just how I feel about having dyslexia and kind of put it into that, into that song. That's amazing. So this is a good segue into the next question is talking about being able to overcome your struggles. Do you have any advice for kids who are struggling to learn how to read? I was lucky to have like the opportunity to work with the National Center on Improving Literacy on a a program for kind of empowerment and also work with the IDA for um, some empowerment and a lot of like 
Um, when I was working with other people, we kind of all drifted towards uh, a same message of you're not alone. And it's really easy to feel like you are. I felt it. I'm sure we've all felt mm -hmm. that we're alone. But one of the most important things to remember is that you're not defined by your limitations. You're not defined by your learning challenges. You're defined by your strengths and your potential and your ambitions and, and all, the, all the positives that are inside of you. And it's gonna be hard. It's, of course, it's gonna be hard, but just never give up and never lose that passion. Mm -hmm. And I would say don't let your grades or how well you understand something at the moment define your perception of who you are and yourself because you may just have a different learning style. You may struggle with how a teacher is explaining something and that is okay. But I can bet that if you find the style that works best for you, you will be able to understand it. Mm -hmm. That's nice. And don't be afraid mm -hmm. to ask questions. You may be scared. <laughs> and I used to be so scared that no one else had the same questions as me and that whatever I had to say was just like stupid and not worth asking. But that's not true. Even if you have to go up to a teacher after class in private, or send an email so oh, no one will that know all the time. that's okay that's okay and this is good overall advice for adults too i'm telling yeah. you that's i mean seriously. we work with adults and i think it's important for them to hear everything that you're saying and the questions piece too i go if i don't hear questions that's when i get nervous because there's no way that nobody has any questions here <laughs> yeah. and you know and I, I just feel like the overall theme of what you just said just can touch base across all ages. I think the biggest tragedy as a teacher, I used to be a high school English teacher, and the saddest thing I could ever hear would be for someone to say, why am I so stupid? And I would say, this has nothing to do with how smart you are. You struggle to read. That doesn't mean you're not smart, right? And so um, that is a tragedy. And if we can, if that's one thing that we can get across to people is just because you struggle to read, it doesn't mean you're stupid. If we could just get that message across, if nothing else, and you are getting that message across, and that's super, super important. Yeah. Self-esteem and confidence, it affects everything. Good job, guys. Yeah. You guys are amazing interviewees. Yeah. I'll be checking it out and maybe, maybe we'll get my kids school involved. Well, you know what else you guys, we're all instructors as well. We, we instruct teachers. And so I can tell you right now, I'm going to share your website and all my classes because these are teachers. Say. Yeah, we need, we, I, I will do that uh, tomorrow. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us. We are very inspired because of you and we really appreciate you taking the time to come and talk to us. We appreciate you having us. Thank, thank you. you so much. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it was so nice meeting you guys. And thank you so much for taking the time. And thank your parents, <laughs> your mom for creating such amazing kids and your dad for reading Anna Green Gables. Um, and, and just amazing. You guys are so inspirational and it was so, so great to meet you guys. 
Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. It was an absolute joy hearing your story. I may or may not have been holding back tears as all of you were talking. So if I got quiet, there you go, holding them back. I do expect pictures of your mom tattoo on your shoulder. You can pick, you know, which side. Um, but I get, we give you just all of our support and um, encouragement. Just congratulations. Keep going. Thank we you. We really guys. appreciate Thank that. You. Bye-bye. All right. Have a good night, guys. Bye. Oh, I love them. I just, I was so happy that they came on our show. I didn't know as much as, um, as I did before. And I'd only known like kind of snippets about what they were about and how they got started and just to hear their story and and wow, how articulate are those kids? Yes. And, and just, I mean, their story and about their mom and their parents. And, you know, I, I really do want to meet this mom <laughs> and get some parenting 101 because she created some amazing minds and yes. uh, they're, they're going to do some amazing things. Yeah, totally. They're so yeah. mature. They're so mature. They're so... And they're doing this with giant smiles on their faces. I don't know. Did you notice that whole time they were yeah. smiling? Yeah. Like they, Total... they really love what they do. They and they really, and I think they really respect and love each other too. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I, that's what I was, I was struck by is that they were so respectful of each other, just so well-spoken and, and inspirational, just so inspirational. Um, Very supportive of each other. Yeah. Right? Like everything yes. that someone would say was like, well, I don't do that. And they're like, you do a ton of that. Yeah. And yeah. Really boosting each other up in that yeah. way. I mean, and I can, I can own- definitely see a it's a such a bright future, no matter what they end up doing. Mm-hmm. And um, they're advocates for, for the struggling learner. And I think yeah. that's so cool for a kid to be advocating for a kid, you know? Yeah. So excellent. I love that they, I love that they own the struggle and they understand how fortunate they are to have such supportive parents who who read to them and supported their learning differences. And they, they own that and they realize they empathize Esther, like you said, and they understand that not all kids get that. So they're providing this to others. And oh my goodness gracious, I could gush for days. No, I agree because Mm -hmm. just the way that he was so reflective at such a young age to look back and say, wow, I, I, not all kids can afford one-on-one tutoring or can't afford the education or they don't, you know, their parents don't have the time to support them in this way. Just to be so reflective at such a young age and, and realize that, that, that kind of took me back. I was like, wow, that's amazing. But I, I I didn't know. Oh, sorry. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I just didn't realize everything that they were doing as an organization and how much, uh, they bring to the table really. And all the new things that they're doing with the magazine. I, I actually, I can't wait to check it out. Yeah. The mentor program. I mean, that is unbelievable. So it's not just the, it's not just the stories on their website and the YouTube videos. It's, it's an actual mentorship program at schools. Yeah, (laughs) that's great. Okay, everyone. So we got to make sure and hop onto their website and give them all the love and support we possibly can. 
Uh, their website is kidsread2kids.com. That's K-I-D-S-R-E-A-D, the number two, K-I-D-S.com. Remember when you go to kidsread2kids.com that you're not only supporting kids at school, you're supporting them at home. You can donate because this is a organization that they pay for out of pocket. So uh, donate what you can know that this can help kids at school. It can help kids at home. It can help kids who are ELL or ESL across all languages. And it's really engaging and fun too. So it's not just a, your average learning tool. Yeah, please go to their website, check them out. These kids are in high school and college. So we need to support them in every way that they can. Okay, bye, you guys. It was fun. My favorite part of the week, seeing you guys and hanging. You you too. Bye-bye. It was wonderful. Bye. 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 Bye.